Hi and welcome to Decapod. I am Emma Morgan and with me is my usual co-host Terry Cook. This is a special episode that we're doing today so fans of the show know that every episode Terry bores me senseless with his wrestling segments. <laughs> He's shaking his head at me as we start many shows. Uh, yeah so Terry likes to sort of waffle on about that thing that was wrestling that I think rather dull. So we thought it might be a better idea to bring somebody in so Terry could actually have a decent chat and maybe he'll stop talking about them on the other episodes a little bit. So for this reason, we are really happy to bring in Rob Holden. Hello. Hi guys. Thanks for, I, I, I want to, I, I, I should say thanks, but I don't know if it is a thanks. It feels like I've been brought in to do, to so you don't have to do anything on this. Like I'm just a, a proxy to replace okay. you on this show. Absolutely. If you, I mean, you could have wore the blonde wig I requested, but never mind, it's all good. It was itchy, it was very itch. Uh, yes, and um, welcome to my world. Um, yeah, so thank you so much, Rob, for coming on. Terry is an excited little puppy, uh, chomping at the bit, I think, to sort of actually get some decent wrestling chats. So before I point myself on mute and have a little nap, I'll just throw the first question out to you guys. So what was it about wrestling in general that sort of got you guys into it? What attracted you to it? Well, I'm going to jump in first with a comment, which is, yes, you have been brought in to kill off a segment, Rob. You've been brought in to kill off the wrestling segment. With, with uh, You've finally got your way, Emma, I'm afraid. But as a wrestling and why I love wrestling, I mean, I'm sure that it's very similar for everyone in lots of ways. But initially for me, it was the theatre. It's the panto. It's the big bright lights. It was, you know, it was seeing the Hulk Hogan and you know, the music and all that kind of stuff. And then... And as it develops, you maybe start to realise that the Hulk Hogan is not the greatest wrestler, might be charismatic and all. I'm doing Macho Man hands look while I do that. I can't do the impression, but I'm doing Macho Man hands. Uh, not the greatest wrestler of all time. And then you start to gravitate towards more like a Brett the Hitman heart or so on. But then it, for me, it then just becomes escapism. You know, you switch that on and you can get engrossed in it and you can forget the world and, and just sit back and cheer. Uh, how about you, Rob? Is anything along those lines, or? Well, I, I try to fight fight off the 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 urge to feel a little hostile towards the snootier members of the general public who who think why is this a question? Why do you like Game of Thrones? Why do you like The Sopranos? Why do millions of people around the world like the MCU movies and queue around the block? Because they're exciting and there's captivating characters and there are stories that have twists and turns and our entire lives are built around desperately trying to distract ourselves from our actual mundane lives and we do so through fiction and through stories and, and wrestling is no different. It's no different from any other you know, enthralling TV show or soap opera or or, or live theatre or live uh, show. I think it it, it is a thing. It, it is definitely more of an outsider thing in this country. And, you know, uh, wrestling fans will be able to chart it back to the, the kind of uh, televised British wrestling that my nan and granddad and great aunt used to watch which I found a little dull. And, and, and then in the 1980s, there was this kind of very exciting explosion of toys and cartoons and video games and stickers, which was very, very, very cool to me because I was, I was a, a big action event. You know, I love the A-Team and I love Knight Rider and I loved uh, comic books and stuff. And this was this weird in-between thing of 
was it was it a real version of the A Team? Was it a comic book come to life? And it kind of it kind of was. And th- there are, there are very few times as a child where you play with a, like a, an action figure, a toy, like He Man or whatever, and then turn on the TV and see kind of like a real life thing of that happening. That was just absolutely um in in enthralling and that really grabbed so many people i think of our generation in in that kind of that late 80s uh, yeah late 80s very early 90s i think that's when it grabbed playgrounds all over the country but it was also a period of time when skepticism came about because there were dozens of tabloid stories quote unquote exposing the frauds of wrestling and i think these stories buried themselves into kind of the british public mind and so you do get an awful lot of some kind of people looking down their nose at us whilst they watch the only way is essex or emmerdale or or game of thrones or whatever and i won't stand for it oh it's married at first sight i watch so uh, that's my trash and <laughs> what um, i do have like, a genuine question how old were you both then when you realized it was it was fake in terms of a sport don't like the f word no don't like the f- no <laughs> Uh, there's only F word one one F word we use here and it's not thick. I have um, a very strong memory of this. And 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 let's not forget everyone discovers it at different times and it had been out. You know, it's not like it was overly hidden, you know, during from the from the seventies on, on, on through and the eighties on through. Um, you know, there, there are court documents and there are people talking about it in, in certain ways. The the biggest company, the WWF, came out quote unquote publicly to avoid some uh, some I think the tax they were gonna have to pay. They were like, oh we're not paying that tax. That's a that's a tax on sports. That's not us lads. <laughs> if we can av- <laughs> we can avoid a tax, let's let them all know. It's not real. But I have a very strong memory. I, I was showing trading cards to my godmother and I was so excited about it. I-, I can't quite remember the age, but it would have been, you know, seven or something, seven or eight. Um, and I was showing these trading cards and I had one of the mounties. Now, the Mountie was a, a Canadian character, and he would dress up as a Mountie, come to the ring, and because uh, because he was a he, he had a crowd control, um, what was it called? Like um, a taser, a taser on a stick, and he would electrocute his because he was a bad guy. He would electrocute the good guys, and everyone would go, "Don't electrocute him! That's not in the rules." And you boom, brilliant. Um, and I was showing this to my to my godmother, going, and he electrocutes his opponents. With you know whatever it's on the trading card, sixty thousand volts of electricity. Thinking that would impress her, and she went, "Oh goodness!" And then she just went. She was doing the washing up at the time. She goes, "Oh goodness, that sounds harsh. You, it's not real though, so it's all fine." And then <laughs> she left the room. She shattered my world <laughs> and walked away. I've done the washing up now, and I've ruined the childhood. And I can, I have strong memories of that being a, whoa! If this isn't real. Oh. What else might not be real? I don't mean, where were you with Santa? <laughs> <laughs> it might have been around the same and all the walls came crumbling oh. down that on that year. <laughs> See, I, I was the probably the opposite to that in there wasn't a defining moment. It was I think I knew. You know, there were there were even when you watched as a kid, there was some stuff that happened and you kind of know it back of your head. You know, like when, um, what was it, the gobbledygook comes out of that big egg, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But I refuse to believe it. I refuse to acknowledge that this wasn't 100% a bona fide, a genuine sport. 
probably probably up until the late teens. Um, and I can remember my dad still coming in with me and saying, that's not real, much. yes, it is. And I used to get really annoyed with him. And I was probably about 17 at the time. And I just refused to acknowledge it. And then I don't know what changed, but one day I had to accept it. And it was more like, well, it's not that it's fake. It's just that it's scripted and they still perform really hard. I remember then I changed the argument into, you know, they still work hard, even if it's not real, you know, but it was a, a gradual, a gradual progression for me. I, I think um, quite a lot of fans have this, 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 it's very strange to be questioning at a young age, what is and isn't real. I think it's, I don't know if it's healthy or not, but it's quite a, an early kind of existential situation that he throws us all into. And I do think wrestling fans had this thing of, I don't believe all of it, but I believe that. I believe that was real. I saw the snake bite Macho Man's bicep. I saw the blood. I mean, that was genuinely, definitely real. So there are always, and then people get injured, people get hurt. There was blood. You were telling me the blood's, fe- it was so hard. And I, I can remember as a child, thinking um wwf was more oh that's that's not that not all of that is real but then thinking the it wasn't quite wcw at the time the other thing which let's call wcw because of the way it was presented was to get a little more aggressive you know the war games and the war horsemen and all that was a bit more aggressive and and the road warriors i was like that's real this other one is actually not real i'm starting to think that one's a cartoon but this one this one's violent or oh, i'm not sure if i'm a, i'm allowed to watch this one this one's like watching an action movie all so I, and I, I think that goes on throughout your life and then something acw comes along and you go oh this one's actually a bit more real you're always bargaining i mean perhaps as wrestling fans we never get out of that stage of um one of the stages of grief we we, we get to denial and bargaining and we never go any further we never actually we never actually come to terms with it well, I think we want it to be real. It's like, like even now, you know, when you watch a, a promo or whatever, and it's like, and someone will say something a bit meta, and it's like, oh, what's that? Is he, does it really mean that? And it just hooks you in a little bit and then gets you thinking, because I want it, what is it, still real to me, damn it. I don't get goosebumps. I've never got goosebumps watching a movie. I've never got goosebumps watching a TV show. I've never got goosebumps watching music at a concert or a theatre. I get goosebumps all the time from from wrestling when it connects with me on an emotional level. When there's something about the performance, uh, the, the match, or usually the promo that get all the reaction from the crowd that gets me, because I know an aspect of this is real. I mean, I was watching uh, AEW with, with with CM Punk recently, and he's an incredible communicator and speaker, and. He, he was communicating his real-life frustrations. That gets me. And when the when you hear the roar of the crowd get behind someone that's been overlooked like Ruby Soho, that gets me, that kind of real reward, that real emotion. And I don't think you get real emotion from, from, from that many TV, you know, stories, TV shows, books, or, or, or movies. In many ways, wrestling is the only true art form. <laughs> Sorry, I realised in the middle of that, I was painting myself into a corner. I didn't know where I was going to go with it. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to stick with that one, sure. I'm no, going to but... be like, clip that. That's that's how this goes out. <laughs> yeah, good, good. I'm, I'm very happy to nail my my, my flag to that uh, to that mast, yeah. But, I mean, there's a lot of truth in that. You mentioned the, the punk one. That 
that's I think I'd lost a bit of passion for wrestling recently. Um, I think, and again, I'm talking American wrestling. Um, it, I felt like it had gone a bit bland, even with AEW. I was never properly hooked. I liked it, but I was never properly hooked. And then you mentioned Punk coming back, and that's just got me. You know, it's half past six. I'm sat in my kitchen with my back against the cabinet, watching it on my little phone, crying, <laughs> watching CM Punk come back. And it's like you said, it's that emotional hook where you watch the film, but you know that none of it's real. You watch the wrestling, there's an element of truth in everything. Even if it's just how that that the person playing that character almost feels, there's an element of truth in it that you can latch onto. Are you a, like a football fan or a rugby fan? Uh, yeah, yeah, not massive, but yeah, I used to I be think, a massive. Fan. I think I think that's kind of I, I I always find it odd when there's there are wrestling fans who also follow real sports, <laughs> real real athletics, because I just I, I assume that the the, the the kind of football fans, rugby fans, or whatever, they get that that kind of emotional connection and reward and, and gratification on like a weekly basis. And and I think for me, in fact, my, nobody in my family, sport was not, I mean, dad was, dad's a big F1 fan growing up, but it's very hard to emotionally connect to a car. It hasn't got a face. <laughs> um, and, but there was no football, no rugby, no cricket that was particularly enjoyed in my, in my family growing up at all. And, story story stories with me and i think um certainly the 80s were were an incredible time the 80s and then into the 90s and then and then you know we got the barren wasteland that was 92 to 96 <laughs> when everything was terrible in the wrestling world except i think for the toys and the and the and the, the video games are still strong i mean that's that's another thing that that i think um is uh, is a huge part of it as well for me, it was just everywhere. Like I had the magazines and I had the comics and I had the video games. And it's an incredible way. Of, it's a very immersive world. Whereas something, you know, Superman, the movie, it's just a movie. When it's over, it's over. And this thing lived on in, in, in so many other ways throughout the 90s. I thought that was really, and I had those Hasbros and the ring and the cards and the stickers to to really and you support somebody throughout the 90s you support a guy that's your guy when they do well it's like i imagine a real sports fan feels yay (laughs) won the belt oh this will be fun then rob who's your guy and then terry who's your guy then i've got a follow-up question afterwards well you've got to pick you've got to you've got to pick an error what do you mean my guy when when in the 90s (laughs) That's still far too <laughs> much. That's still far too huge. I mean, tell you what, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, going in, I must admit, going in, it was Hulk Hogan. Then, I mean, Terry nailed it again. Then it's Bret Hitman Hart, kind of an, the underdog. WrestleMania 9 is when any good 90s fan abandons Hulk Hogan forever. And then it's Bret. And then it's, it gets complicated. <laughs> Because <laughs> then there then there are two companies that vibe your attention, but then it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, let's like, go with that. It's very hard. Yeah, I know. I feel like I got you to choose a favorite child. That <laughs> that would be easier. There'd be a lot more, a lot more empirical day to day evidence. That one is a turd. <laughs> well, I mean, the other thing is Emma knows all about that WrestleMania Nine incident that you were referring to because we discussed it on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Can you yeah, can we can we get a recap from exclusively from Emma? Yep, go on for it. the the WrestleMania 9 incidents. That's what I'm really interested to hear. <laughs> so, 
He was supposed to win some of it, and then he did it, and then he came back and he won it. Oh, right. who's, who's he? <laughs> Who? I mean, to be fair, I'm quite impressed that you remembered that much. <laughs> I mean, now, is it Tiger Pants Man? Is no. it him? No. Oh, that's Shawn <laughs> Who's Michaels. Tiger Pants Man? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. She holds the pen up during a podcast we're recording and said his pants look like this. And we, we were dark tiger pants with Shawn Michaels from that. Yes, yeah. he, he did like a lot of animal print in the in the night. Did you have you seen him wear, wearing mirrors on like oh. dangling mirrors on his jackets? Oh, he's a fashion icon. That's a trip hazard, surely. He takes the jacket off, Emma. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's not an idiot. <laughs> so, who are you go for your ultimate one out of those that you mentioned in the, in the 90s? Uh, no human being real or otherwise has ever made me feel the way that stone cold steve austin makes uh-huh. me feel and it still hits me to i what if i watch those clips when the sound is right if i watch that again and hear the roar when that glass breaks uh, it's 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 there's nothing like that one so yeah it's stone cold okay you're going with that tebe who are you going to go with your ultimate choice for the 90s? When the fuck have you started calling me Tebe? When has that happened? It's a good wrestling name, Tebe. I mean, I'll go for it, but it's better than what you normally call me. I mean, I hate to say this, but pretty much exactly the same as Rob. You come in with Hogan, you move on to Brett, you go on to Austin. If you're looking at WCW, this, for me, it's Sting. I was never overly enamored. Yeah, I was never a overly A man called Sting. Yes. <laughs> Um, and who was the Sting character based on Emma? Because um, oh, all I remember is it's not the musician. No, That's all the, I remember. It's not the musician. Is it that TV show? No? It's not the musician, Sting. It's not the musician. It is the crow. Oh, I did know that. I did know that. But for a, but for a large period of the 90s, he is always watching you. Sting is always up in them rafters. Oh. Watching. It was a... It was a police joke. I'll be uh, watching. Doesn't matter. Let's yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm, Terry will tell you this. I'm very slow on the uptake for most of these kinds of. Well, things. it's a it's a good job you're the host of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I have Terry with me. So, Terry, who are you having as your your ultimate? See, I find this a difficult one because I'm kind of inclined again to agree with Rob, but I've always had a soft spot for Brit Art. Right. It's, it's although having said that, do you know what? No, I'm revoking that because I felt when he went to WCW, he just died. If if you could stop him at uh, was it Survivor Series '97, I would probably just say Brett. But beyond I, that, I think you get more good at the not at the decade of the '90s. You get more good years out of Brett, I think, than Austin. I think Austin, you're only getting '97 to '99 the injury. So I think, I don't know, yeah, Brett Brett might be a more solid all-round choice. If I'm you, you get seven good years, don't you? Yeah. But I think, like you said, it's the energy and passion with Austin as well. I forget which Rumble it was, but I went through them and I watched all the Rumble matches again recently. And it, it might have been 98. And that was the year where it just clicked. And it was the, where the reaction just went boom. And it's like nothing else on the card. It's like nothing else you've heard. Maybe up until Punk come back a couple of weeks ago. Like nothing else up until that. So in terms of probably my favourite wrestler, I'll probably say Brett, especially with 90s, probably of all time. But yeah, it's the energy and the, the emotion behind Austin. And I do want to touch back on something else, actually, because you said something really key. I, again, I thought... Oh, but- which, I'm going to need my follow-up. Follow yeah, I need my follow-up. I think <laughs> Rob knows where I'm going with this. 
Right. Who would win? Go! What, what, what does that mean? <laughs> win? Between that who? is a meaningless who would, question. Who would that win? is a meaningless question <laughs> in professional wrestling. What who do would you win? mean? Who would win? <laughs> who would win if you put them in the little pretend ring? <laughs> That's like saying who would win in a fight between Dev from, from Coronation Street and, and Phil Mitchell from EastEnders. I'm also what? interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it depends who's writing the story <laughs> and what the end is and what the next story is and what are the emotional beats. Oh, that wasn't as fun as I, I mean, thought it would be. I the, wanted they, to fall out, basically. <laughs> It's impossible because those two have the possibly the great not the they have the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. Those two, um, and uh, it's 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 an emotional match. Yeah, but and, who won? <laughs> well, we were both winners on the night, I suppose. Oh, for God. Oh, lovely answer, Terry. Exceptional. Yes, Brett won with an asterisk. Well, not really. That <laughs> yeah. I thought um, I won with sharpshooter, but. Yeah, but but Austin didn't give up, man. He passed out. He passed out due to blood loss. Oh, he refused to quit. That's a good, so that's a good role go. model. Um, right. Well, let's not look at his <laughs> private yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's probably not the best role model. Right, yeah. Terry. Sorry, I like came in. You were going. You were going off on a little Terry side road. I thought we're doing that again. Um, <laughs> yeah, you mentioned stories you, before when you said about the stories in wrestling, and I think that's it. That's the key, and that's that's where I fall in love with it. And and we spoke on the podcast previously about Leicester winning the the Premier League, and I'm not the biggest football fan, but I fell in love with that because of the story of the team that was relegated that went on to them win the the, the Premier League, and it's the same with, with films. I can sit down and I can enjoy your film, but like the the whole Marvel series, that felt like a whole story. And when you sit through when there's an episodic story like that, that's where it gets me in the feels. I I um, came to a revelation about why there are some things on television <clears throat> that I cannot stand and really can't watch. And it's things that don't, like these house buying programs um, or a cooking show that isn't, be- like, ba- like a competition show like Bake Off, is very engaging. There are kind of little narrative beats, little stories that you follow someone's little journey, and that's that's something you can enjoy. Whereas Gordon Ramsay cooking in the kitchen, that's I cannot I cannot understand why any human being would watch that. That is like watching a textbook. I don't get it. Same with the but but sport. I can I, I will quite often watch major tournament kind of semifinals and finals. Because there's usually some sort of um, story, as it were, quote unquote, some sort of, of whether it's the underdog, like you said, Leicester, which is an incredible one for everyone to follow. Um, there's something in the Olympics or in in any kind of tournament. Uh, often a story emerges, and yeah, I've come to realise without a story, I can't connect. Your MCU kind of example. I watched a great movie recently called, or one I really liked, called uh, The Kid Detective. And when it was over, I was just kind of generally, nothing about the movie was, you know, it's a movie, but I was frustrated. That's it. There's no sequel. There's no next episode. I, I, I am cut off from those characters. And that kind of hurts. And it was like when you finish a good book and you've really grown to adore the characters and there's not, it's not in a series. I, 
I really don't like them being taken away from me. <laughs> uh, there's my, they're my toys, you know. And so I, I always much rather sit down and 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 really get into a, a, a TV series, an episode. I've just finished the third series of Sex Education. I blasted my way through that, and it, it's it's comforting to know. Being being, I grew up reading comics. I was taught to read with, with Marvel comics, and I'm used to there being the next chapter next week next next month and uh, maybe <laughs> maybe i suffer from that maybe it's changed the way i interact with all forms of fiction and entertainment if there's not another chapter i, I get very frustrated and annoyed yeah oh. no i can see that i don't think it's suffering i think it enhances it i love it when you you go onto a netflix or and you see that there's seven series and it's oh. just excitement that there's seven until you get to series six mm-hmm. and then you start panicking because now you're coming towards the end or the ones where they, they make it so horrible in season five, you wish it died earlier. <laughs> Dexter. Dexter. Oh! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what a lovely moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Rob, how are you? So You're still quite engaged sort of with the, with the wrestling community, aren't you? So do you want to talk through, like, how you engage with that? Yeah, sure thing. I... I I uh, play-by-play commentator for Future Shot Wrestling in Manchester, which features some of the absolute best in British wrestling. I've been there for about five years now, which is great. I always wanted to, I I mean, I love it so much. I always wanted to be involved in wrestling somehow, but I ain't never going to be an athlete. And you're a dear, dear friend of mine. Gate, opened the door, gave me an opportunity. Um, Chris Brooker, uh, stand-up, great stand-up comedian, was the owner-operator of the company about five years ago, um, was looking to make a change and needed uh, someone who could who could kind of um, be the voice of the, of the of the TV show, which they have on streaming, and they've got a streaming platform, and they do DVDs and YouTube and stuff. So that was great, and I, and I got to be more... I, I was involved... British Wrestling went through an incredible renaissance about five or six years ago, and it went on for a couple of years. It was incredible. Um, there were more brilliant shows all over the country. There were more fans going. There was a real, real resurgence in popularity. It was incredible to be a minor, minor part of that and to see the best, the best talent in the world come through the doors of this outfit, you know, that was running in Stockport and Presswich and Manchester and stuff. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was. A, a, and I'm, I, I'm now that the restrictions are lifted, we're, we're, we're back doing regular gigs I fact I did my you know I've been working for, I've been work my entire work has been this in a tiny small room um over the thing I, I I'm, a, I'm a comedy writer and I work with comedians helping them with their jokes and materials and Edinburgh shows and stuff I've done everything over Skype for 18 months and then suddenly I'm in front of 200 screaming fans and it was a big big <laughs> that was a big shift in uh, in, in in working environments yeah but it's been and- it's been good and that when you do the commentating, I'm guessing that's a lot. It's almost like improvisations, like just because I'm guessing you're not handed an outline, are you? Like what's going to happen or anything? No, 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 no. I I know the 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 the, the card, the the match order, and the segment order. It feels, and I don't believe in this, but it feels almost like destiny to me because oh. I've always wanted to do this. But this job brings together every. Everything else I've ever done in my entire life. I, I I was a radio presenter on local radio. It's a bit of that. I've done acting. It's a bit of that. Improv performing and like emceeing a comedy event, which is the most fast-paced improv ever. It's bits of that. It's bits of video, you know, pre- presenting um, 
t- you know, not quite TV shows, but like video videos for internet things, presenting of, of ah, coming up next, and we've got da, 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 and it's a bit of that. It's bits of everything I've done my entire life, all jumbled together with an incredible uh, amount of, of freedom. I'm 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 allowed. I don't have somebody telling me what to say or when to say it. And yeah, it's the best. It's the best. I mean, I've got a bunch of jobs, and they're all the best. The podcast I do is the best. The, the comedy writing is great. And, and and this, it's a hell of a way to make a meager living. Just uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast as well. Uh, it's called Marvel versus Marvel. And and it's a, I, I realized it during, during the lockdown, another comedian friend of mine called Will Preston, he's a, a, a geek like me, but also nothing like me. We, we kind of almost have completely separate geek fandoms. And he had never read a Marvel comic in his life, but really loves the movies. And that's kind of the overwhelming majority of Marvel fans these days. Whereas me, I was literally taught to read with Marvel comics. And we realized what a great dichotomy. Someone has never read them, someone that was taught to read with them. And we put together this, this, this podcast where we, we go back, we, we watch a Marvel movie or a TV show, we kind of take those two perspectives. He quizzes me and says, does anything like this happen in the comics? What's the history of this character, of this of this comic series? You know, who who created this? And and then I, I you know, divulge 60, 70 years of uh, trivia and, and history and stories. Um, we pull apart the actual movie. And we've moved on from just the MCU things to we went back and did Howard the Duck, the first ever Marvel movie in the 19... 19- 1980s and we've uh recently been doing the the great marvel cartoon animated series from the from the 1990s which your listeners uh, i'm sure would love to hear about things that introduced the whole generation to marvel like the the x-men series and the, and the spider-man series and, and and all of those and um so we've had an awful lot of fun delving back into the 1990s and and looking at the toys that spun off from the cartoon series and how it was the success of the 1990s X-Men cartoon series that convinced Fox that, hey, maybe let's do a movie about the X-Men, which, of course, is a huge, huge part of superhero movies kind of being cool and profitable in Hollywood um, and leading to to the MCU that dominates the entire world with its uh, perfectly not evil boot. I... uh... I'm going to add that to my list uh, and a podcast I need to listen to. But I, uh, we know we really appreciate it coming on, but I've got two quick fire questions, if you would be okay. so kind. First of all, which is the better film, Robin Hood, Prince in Thieves, or Robin Hood, Men in Tights? Uh, neither. It's Robin Hood, the Disney version. Oh, that works for me. Yeah, not so and much. Is he, and is he, is he a bit, he's a bit of a hottie, isn't he? Yeah, but so is Maid Marion. They're both Stone Cold Foxes. I yes. fucking don't oh, like this game. If I, if I have to pick from the two of them, though, it is the Mel Brooks movie. It's many yeah. types. Oh, there we go. So you've pleased us both there. <laughs> I, aim to, I always aim to leave a three-way with both people pleased. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never, never pleased anyone in that situation. So, you know. My tip is to make sandwiches. If you, if you know there's nothing else you can do, everyone needs a sandwich for the, for the journey home. Yeah. Noted. Yep, writing that down. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and the second question, which oh yes, um, misery, thriller or horror? Hmm. 
Wow. What a big question. This is meant to be quick fire. I'll go with um, Thriller. Oh, for fuck's um, sake. Yeah, I'll go with Thriller. I did enjoy you coming on. Thanks for your time. <laughs> oh, I got right. So what? I can't believe you had those up your sleeve trying to settle some scores, but I'm so happy the way that that, that just turned out perfectly for me. So awesome. <laughs> what's, the, what's, the, what's the debate? What's the misery debate? Um, Terry's wrong and I'm right. Oh, I yeah, think it's no, a thriller. Course, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, Terry would argue that it is horror. The, the, the usual hallmarks of a horror involve the other invading the self in, in, in many ways. And I don't, I don't think it lives up to that. I don't think there is other particularly in that. But I, I might be wrong. That's the most articulate and intelligent way anybody's like, made that. Yeah, we don't get that on Decapod normally. I I have a degree in film studies. That's Ah, probably why. We basically go, because it is. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Um, Rob, thank you so much for coming on. And is there anything else that you would just like to give like a little shout out to any of the projects or things that you'd like people to know about? Yeah, please come and listen and give the podcast a go. Uh, It's called Marvel versus Marvel. We spell the whole word, V-E-R-S-U-S. We're available wherever you get podcasts, lots of 90s stuff in, a little bit of 90s stuff in there, and uh, lots of Marvel cool stuff. And if you have any interest in, in wrestling, which you, well, I think you might have if you listen to this one, you can hear me doing um, commentary for the best and most fun British wrestling. And I'm going to send Emma some matches she might enjoy um, to try and get her to watch that and change her mind. You can you can find the best in British wrestling if you go to futureshockinfinite.com and you can hear my dulcet tones saying things like oh no referee turn around <laughs> Rob that's brilliant thank you so much for, for coming to join us um, I've loved it thanks for having me guys be a little little silence oh yeah and then i'll and then i'll bring us in <laughs> terry's doing stretchy arms he's doing his pre-show stretch <laughs> limbering up all right